Welcome to the Living in the 66 podcast, a podcast ministry out of Calvary Baptist Church in Oshawa, Ontario, Canada. Each week, we'll approach God's Word with a question. How do we best live according to God's Word? How do we best glorify God through obedience to His Word? How do we live in the 66? In today's episode, we continue our series in the book of James. Let's listen now. Well, welcome to Living in the 66, a podcast that li- takes listeners deep into the Word of God with fun stories and practical application. I'm your host, Pastor Nick Doyle, and I'm joined here with Matthew Jones and Daniel Scott. Hey, Hey, hey. Guys, we're on episode 10. It's crazy. Hello. We are just going through this book. Banging it out. I love it. On today's episode, we will cover the importance and means of befriending God. Uh, I remember, do you remember that song? Oh, yeah. I am a friend of God. Yeah. Sing it, Dan. You're the singer. Why don't we just do the podcast? Okay, befriending <laughs> God. Not speaking ill or evil of our brothers and planning for the future with the Lord's will in mind. So we're back into the book of James, uh, chapter 4. We're going to be looking at chapter 4, 7 through 17, covering 10 verses today, exegeting each passage. And just to give a little brief intro, James counsels believers to draw near to God in humble submission. He says to do this with clean hands, purity of heart, and with true contrition. He warns against speaking evil of brothers and judging one another, lest they become judges and doers of the law. This chapter ends with a call to make plans with the Lord's will in mind, for we have no idea what tomorrow holds because life is so short. Otherwise, we boast in in arrogance and sin when we fail to do what what we know is good. So lots of great stuff for us to cover today. Great practical applications in this uh, next 10 verses. And the last couple, Matt, you've read. So, Dan, why don't you read some scripture for us today? Pick it up in James 4, 7 through 17. Sounds good. Thank you, brother. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Don't criticize one another, brothers and sisters. Anyone who defames or judges a fellow believer defames and judges the law. And if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be, for you are like vapor that appears for a little while then vanishes. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. So it is sin to know the good and yet not do it. All right. Thank you for sharing that with us so that we can have some good clarity of what's going on here in this passage. Uh, We're going to dive in, ask some questions, and this really cuts to the heart because I really want to just go on a trip. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to go on vacation. You got your rocks in your (laughs) chart? Not yet. You need that passport. (laughs) Well, James is going to teach us that we shouldn't be just boasting about tomorrow and we should seek the Lord and ask what his will would be. So let's dive in, ask a few questions. We're going to be starting in verse 7. I got my first question already written down for you guys. What counsel does James give to those tempted by the world? Don't do it. <laughs> Just that's, the reader's, that's the reader's digest version of 7 to 10. Yeah. 
yeah, right from the start, um, submit to God, resist the devil, and he, uh, meaning the devil, will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And I, I do think this is an actual formula um, that we need to actually put into practice because by submitting to God, mm. you are at the same time resisting the devil. Yeah. Uh, we see that Jesus used this formula um, mm. when, when he was out in the, in the wilderness being tempted. Mm. Uh, each time that the devil came at him and tempted him, mm. he submitted to God. Mm-hmm. How do we know that? Because he went immediately to the word of God. Mm. Um, and in that, and so, at the simu- so it was a simultaneous submitting to God, um, resisting the devil, and then after the third time, he basically told the devil to pound sand and get out. To say that. <laughs> eat dirt. You know, he said, eat dirt, and, uh, and, and that was that, right? And, uh, and then the angels came and ministered to him, and he came out with strength and power and launched his earthly, earthly ministry. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's this, it's the same thing that we need to do our, ourselves. Yeah. I think based on that kind of theme of, he talks about in verse four in our last episode, when we were talking about being friends with the world, uh, he, he called the people adulterous people and in our everyday getting up, coming, going, whatever you do, maybe you're a mom or, or you were in your workplace, whatever that may be, there's going to be temptation. There's going to be all kinds of temptation. And the formula that he has given is first submit yourself to God. Mm. And I give this counsel to young adults almost every day. Like this is the, this verse is the counsel I give to every person that is struggling with temptation. Mm. Submit your intentions to God. Submit your life to God. Seek the Lord Mm. and he will help you. Mm. Uh, I think it's very important to submit yourself to God. As you said, Matt, then you will be able to resist the devil. Mm. Because when you start to look up, I think the danger is we have circumstantial faith. Our faith is based on our circumstances. If things look overwhelming, I can't get through this. Mm. And why should I even try? Mm. I'm just going to fail. But we can turn to the Lord, seek Him, and He will help us. Mm -hmm. But a lot of, I don't know, do people believe that? They believe that they can resist the devil? Mm. Or do they even believe the devil is even tempting them? Mm. I think one one of the issues for us um, I think there's a lack of understanding that faith is action. Like we need to actually take action. Um, submit, it's a, it's a verb, like it's an action that we yeah. need to, to take. And I think in our very, very comfortable um, North Americanized Christianity, it is very much like you're saying, like we just tend to, to sit back and whatever circumstances are happening around us, that's the level of our faith. Yeah. Instead of us actually taking the steps that we need to take and participate with God. And when we move, like, look what it says right here in verse 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Those are action steps, right? Yeah. God, according to this verse, isn't just sometimes, isn't just going to come to us. Yeah. He wants to see us put our faith in action. And when we take that step, when we submit to God, when we draw near to him, kicks God into action. He's like, that's the faith I was looking for. Um, again, I just, I just love going back to the Gospels because our ultimate example is Jesus. And every time that Jesus said to somebody and he, uh, he praised them for their faith, it was an action step that that individual took first 
And then Jesus was like, all right, here you go. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has done that. But it was always an action step. Um, And I think we've lost lost that. We want to just sit back with our arms out like this and look up to God and say, God, do something. And God's like, no, you do something first. Yeah. I know what I'm going to do. I've got you, but you need to do something first. Yeah. One, right. one last thing on that. One of the, the most incredible, uh, um, for, for me, one of the most incredible pictures of that in the, in the scriptures was the guy, the lame guy by the pool. And, uh, and <laughs> Jesus walks up to him, and the guy is just like, again, he's blaming his issue on somebody else. And Jesus doesn't just throw him this pity party. He says to him, essentially, do you even want to get well? Like, do you even care about yourself that you actually want to get well? Because if you do want to get well, then I've got you. I'm going to help you out. But if you're comfortable where you're at, then I'm going to be comfortable with where you're at. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we're, and, and what did the, did the guy do? Jesus says to him, uh, when the guy said, yes, I do, Jesus like, okay, that's, that's a faith that I yeah. needed to see. Get up and walk. Yeah. Pick up your mat and walk, right? Mm-hmm. But... That question, do you even want to get well? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to figure that for myself, mm. you know? Mm. And in comparison to the woman with the blood disorder. Right. Scriptures declare that she was, she struggled this with 12, for 12 years, spent all of her money, and she sees Je- Jesus in a crowd, and she presses through to touch his cloak. Jesus responds like, who touched me? His <laughs> guys are like, what are you talking about? We're in a crowd of people. Everybody is touching everybody. Yeah. It's a pandemic <laughs> nightmare. Petri dish of pre-COVID <laughs> grossness. But this woman, she gets in there and she gets in and she touches him and he says, power has gone out from me. Yeah. Because there was a faith behind that, right? Yeah. Like, mm. uh, you're on to something, man. It's, a, it's an action. It's a verb. Mm. Good stuff. Why should one not speak evil of a brother? He picks up on this over and over and over again. There must have been a lot of lobby conversations going on in this church. <laughs> like, I feel bad for everybody. Let's take a big breath together and hug somebody. <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> uh, well, this time he says it. He says that we shouldn't do it. Because he says, anyone who defames or judges a fellow believer, a brother or sister, defames and judges the law. And if mm. you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. Mm. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't want to get to the next question, but he says, and there's only one judge. So you're trying to be a judge, but you ain't one. Um, and I think, like, how we talk to each other and how how we interact with each other, like... People just pick out verses all the time, right? And they say, oh, don't judge each other. Don't, you know, judge not unless you be judged. And they use that as an excuse to not speak the truth in love in their brothers and sisters' lives. Yeah. So James isn't talking about being a brother, being a bro, being a sis, and speaking truth that brothers and sisters need to hear in love in their life. He's saying, don't congregate with your friends and talk about the guy on the other side of the church, mm-hmm. what you think of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he's not saying, if, if you know your brother or sister is in sin, he's not saying, oh, just tell them it's okay. Like, tell them you're glad it's helping them right now, get through whatever they're going through. Like, no, that's not loving each other. Mm-hmm. And he'd tell you not to do that too. Yeah. He does. Um, so the judging that we're talking about here is the, uh, kind of, as Matt said last time, continuing in this thought of the the selfish ambition, the selfish gain, the, mm. the earthly wisdom, and uh, moving into this, don't, don't criticize, mm-hmm. don't judge. Be brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters don't talk behind other people's backs. 
Yeah. To talk to your face with the truth you need to hear, the heavenly wisdom, in gentleness. Yeah. Back to the beginning of chapter four, or mm. three, whatever it was, um, in love. Yep. Um, What's yeah. a good way to, like, we hear this in conversations when somebody's upset with another person and James is talking in verse 11, do not slander one another. Sometimes brothers and sisters will talk badly about, what's a good way to bring that up so that, because usually what happens if, uh, Matt, if you're talking about Dan and I say, Matt, stop talking about Dan like that, you get mad at me. Mm-hmm. You feel, ju- I'm, I'm, I'm judged, your boyfriend, you judge me, you ju- stop it. <laughs> But what's a great way to say, hey, maybe we shouldn't talk about Dan that way? Or what would you guys do? Hmm. So. You want to call out the slander. Yeah, you do. Um, what I have what I Shut have up. learned. <laughs> <laughs> something, this, this comes up. And you guys, so as, lead, as leaders in the church, this actually comes up a lot when volunteers don't... Um, fully understand or appreciate a decision that the church has made, mm-hmm. right? Like at, at that high pastoral deacon deacon level. Yeah. So it can come out a lot. And I don't think um, they're intentionally trying to slander, mm-hmm. but in the language that they're using, mm-hmm. it, it actually is it actually is slander. They're right? expressing their disagreement with they're all their friends. Their, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what I've really had to learn, and I've learned this from you, Pastor Nick, is just going back to... Um, you got to show them grace. Mm. Like I, me saying that to to the volunteers, like mm. no, none of us are in that in that meeting. You got to understand that when we're working through something on our level, we're working through it in this tiny little pocket ministry here, where our pastors and our deacons are making decisions from you know an overall high level view of every moving part of mm. of the church. So we're mm. not. Many mm. times we're not going to fully understand that mm. um, because we don't have all the same things on the same radars mm. they do. So just show them grace, mm. show them grace, show them grace. And that has really helped in how I approach when I feel like somebody is slandering. And again, not that their heart is intentionally trying to, but that's what it is that's that's coming out. Um, it's just getting to them to the place where they do see, yeah, you know what? I actually should be showing grace in this situation. Yeah, I think that's very good. Yeah. And... Redirecting to healthy ways of handling their disagreement, like, because right. it's like, oh, am I not allowed to disagree now? Like, of course you're allowed to disagree. Absolutely, like, you're like, you're allowed to have an opinion. You're allowed to have a thought, mm-hmm. but it's not productive if you're talking to everyone who's not making the decision. Right. Yeah. Like, if you're just going around and gathering people on your side to like sit in your little pity party of like, that's oh, good. I don't agree with yeah. the way this is going. That's not helpful, and those people who are listening to you aren't helping you. But if you've got a if you've got a problem. With something that's happening, this isn't just in the church. It's outside the church too, but we're talking about in the church. So if you've got a problem with a decision Pastor Nick makes mm-hmm. for young adults or something that you're not happy with, instead of talking to 20 of your young adult friends about how you think that's a bad decision, who can't do anything about it, talk to the person who actually made the decision. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. talk to Pastor Nick. He's a very kind man. He'll listen yes. to you. Yes. And, like... There are times when people tell us blind spots that we just haven't thought of. Exactly. Like, yeah. we there's want to hear. Time, and yeah. if it's not a blind spot, there's an explanation for it. Yeah. And although you still might not be on the same page at the end of it, there'll at least be that understanding. So show them grace and then help direct them in, like, helpful, productive, fruitful yeah. Yeah. ways. This is how we can support you, and this is how you yeah. can support that decision yeah. that, was, that was made for the betterment of, yeah. you know, 
bigger vision than just our little pocket over yep. here, right? So, yep. yeah. So what you're not saying is you just agree with them. You don't have to be agreeable people. I think that's actually unbiblical you, to just be an agreeable person all the time. I think that's, yeah. you know. You that's, can submit in disagreement. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you just hear because, a lot of grumbling and people are just like, yeah, I'm on your side. Yeah, and it's, it's like, they, uh, <laughs> they, don't, they put more fuel on the fire. Yeah, don't go yeah. passive aggressive here yeah. either. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just yeah. because you have a preference difference doesn't mean you can't submit to the leadership that Christ commits or commands you to submit to. Yeah. 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 It's like marriage. Yeah. Oh. Do husbands Get and wives No, but do husband oh, and wives <laughs> agree on every single decision or every single topic and, and all that all the time? If you're a listener and you're out there and that's the kind of marriage that you have, hey man, you need to start a marriage conference and uh, uh, I don't know. Because I've never heard Write of a, a book, marriage. Do a podcast, something, I don't know, something. something. You can become the richest person in the world with whatever it is you're doing. But that doesn't exist, right? Um, so how does it work in marriage? It's the same. It's the same way. You can disagree with your with your spouse, um, but you still, as as Ephesians teaches, submit to one another. Uh, you come to, you come to. Um, somebody's got to move an inch, in, yeah. in that situation, one of you has to, mm. um, and you still love the person deeply, mm. Mm. right? You don't go mm. to your your buddies and be like, "Oh, my wife did this and my wife." Yeah, your friend. If you're saying that mm. to your friend, you're, you got to have the type of friend that will tell you to stop talking about your wife like that. Mm. Yeah, go mm. home and mm. make up with work her it out. Mm. Work it out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think this. I think you're bang on. The same way we treat our spouses, we should treat the brothers and sisters in a way that we shouldn't use our words to really cut down. Yeah, yeah. Use our words to build yeah. up. Go into any conversation or any dis, like, disagreement with the intention in your heart. Let's make let's have a win for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Anytime that I'm going into a, a meeting, there where there's a disagreement, I have to remind myself that that statement. Mm-hmm. We need a win for Jesus, mm-hmm. not a win for Nick, mm-hmm. or not a win for Calvary. Mm-hmm. We need a win for Jesus because mm-hmm. what's if you win your argument, but you trash the other person yes. and they leave, yes. like that's God's daughter or that's God's son, and mm. you just—it just doesn't make any sense. And it's Christ's bride. And it's Christ's bride, Pastor Rick. Yeah, <laughs> he said that. Yeah. How, guys, how many ta- how many seconds would you allow pass for someone slandering your wife? Mm. When he said that, I was like, seconds. Yeah. There's no seconds. <laughs> Zero. Before the second syllable starts to come out. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> but we'll do that to Jesus's bride. Mm. Right. Uh, mm. Intense stuff here. What other reason does James give for not judging one another? We see this in verse 12. He says you can't save or destroy them. So we get to the aspect of judging where we just want to make people our projects, yes. whether that's our spouse or our friend or brother or sister or our pastor or deacon, mm-hmm. where it's, oh, I'm going to help them out so much by telling them all the things that they do wrong. Um, we put ourselves in the seat of God thinking that we can save somebody. Hmm. And it's like, we can speak the truth of God to each other and we can walk with each other and we can disciple one another. But like your spouse isn't your project. Your pastor's not your project. Your deacon's not your project. Your friend's not your project. Your DC group leader's not your project. The ministry like, you go to is not a yeah, problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a thing for you to control and fix and put, put yourself into that you don't need to be in there with. Yeah. So James is saying, that's basically what you're doing when you're judging and trying to give people your laws that you create of how things should be done based on your preference is don't. There's one judge. There's one lawgiver. That's God. Mm-hmm. Let him take care of that. Mm-hmm. You're going to be judged the same as your brother and sister. So yep. work on that together. 
And yeah, like we've already talked about, that doesn't mean not speaking the truth in love. Speak the truth. Just don't speak your truth because it's not truth. <sighs> Sound like James. Got a here. problem with that, Matt? Sound like that. James Huge here, Dan. Problem with that? My truth, your truth, his truth, their truth. Anyhow, another topic. But the judging thing that you were <laughs> you're talking about, um, uh, the whole we will be judged by the same standard that we judge others. Mm. And if we think about that, the way that we judge you other people, um, I think we would become more cautious in how we judge other people, knowing the truth that Jesus said, mm. the same way mm. that you judge people is the same way that you're going to be judged. Mm. Man, I yeah. think back to sometimes that I have incorrectly judged people that way. Mm. I'm in hell. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. by, by Jesus' standard yeah. there. Like yeah. I'm in hell. That's yeah. that's that. Yeah. So I think if we can step back for, for a minute and, and remember that in terms of how judgment works, mm. um, we would be very, we, yeah. we would just be much more cautious and much more grace-giving. When I learned that verse, that really, that really taught me to put a filter on my mouth. Mm. Mm. Like not just not speak it and then think it in my mind and heart, but really just think about like, is it helpful to think about someone that way hmm. or to not give them the benefit of the doubt or hmm. just just to go at them and just think that they're they're just out to get you? Hmm. A lot of people think that. Hmm. People are just out to get me. Hmm. Mm, I don't know. I think people are so selfish, they're not really thinking about you. Hmm. <laughs> they're thinking about hmm. themselves. Hmm. So I think uh, it's important to to really take notice of what James is saying here. Hmm. And he he goes on. Verse 13 and 14, he says, why should we be careful about the plans we make? <sighs> like, I think this is a, another good transition for us to really be considerate of what we're doing and mm. what we're saying. Mm. Yeah, we need to be careful because, you know, COVID-20 can come right along and lock you inside your home. I think we've made it out safe without COVID-20. <laughs> COVID-21 on the other COVID hand. COVID-21, right? <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, you don't know what's right around the corner. You're not in control of your life. You have no control. As much as we like to think that we have control over stuff. I heard somebody, um, not necessarily th this was a Christian, and I can't remember the exact, like, I'm going to paraphrase, but it was something very interesting where... YOLO. With, what was that? <laughs> it's not YOLO? No, no. Yeah. Well, even that means you only the, live once. It's an acronym. If you take all the... Take ice cream, for yeah. example, and you look at all the variety of ice cream... You're still, even within the Baskin-Robbins alone is 31 flavors, right? Mm -hmm. Just take all the different flavors of all the different ice cream companies out there alone, all that variety, and even with all that variety, say it adds up to 200 different um, flavors of ice cream, you still don't have control over the exact kind of ice cream that you want. Mm. You still are limited to mm. those 200 varieties. And that works for like everything in life. Mm. We are mm. so limited on the big grand mm. um mm. scale of things we don't really have the control that we think that we have mm. so we could be like this individual that is like yeah you know what pastor nick tomorrow we're going to florida and then something hits mm. yeah mm. and we're like this didn't see that coming mm. yeah mm. well i think about this when we were actually planning last march i have a picture of us I have a picture of us in the connections room getting ready. We were I remember we had a meeting and then we had a pastoral meeting and we were talking about all the things we were doing getting ready for the summer. And then mm -hmm. two weeks later, I think it's me, you, Shane, and Isaac, I took a picture of us. We're plan putting a COVID 
summer schedule together <laughs> we're like totally freaking out but we take we're all smiling in the picture we were totally happy, upset happy happy <laughs> we're less like we didn't plan this we had so much plans this summer yeah. we were gonna have this amazing yeah. summer mm. and then covid hit mm. nobody yeah. saw this coming nobody mm. nobody and this long it's true two yeah. weeks we thought it was a two-week thing in and out bada boom bada bing this passage is always a good uh good reminder for me personally because most people tend to be so short-sighted, they don't think about the future. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so focused on today and tomorrow, they don't think of long-term impacts. I'm wired the complete opposite way in that I'm, like, so focused on long-term, I, like, just miss out. Like, not miss out, but, like, I just miss short-term stuff. So I find this passage is always a good reminder of, like, it's good to think long-term, but you also don't know what the next five years hold. You don't know what the next mm-hmm. ten years hold. You don't know what the next year holds. Mm-hmm. So focus on what the Lord has assigned to you today. Work hard at it. Invest in, invest in it, knowing that your investment is eternal when you're working for things with the Lord. And then wait on him for what tomorrow looks like. Wait on him for what next month looks like. This is like very small and kind of silly example, but it's like literally this week. Um, Matt, with your wife, heading off on Matt leave, maternity leave for another year. Um, like my focus in my job has shifted to cover a lot of her responsibilities for the next year and uh pastor jim uh was like oh you're gonna move down to her office right um and i was like "Uh, i don't know like it's only for the year and like we've got a good spot up there like like i don't know if it's worth it to move the stuff down for the year and then move back up like because i'm gonna be back like i'm gonna be back up in a year so like what's the point and he's like i know you're thinking a year like short is a short time but also think about what you were doing a year ago like right now, like it feels like it was a while ago. And he's like the amount of like, just like logistic reasons for like the amount that Rebecca's job works with the office staff and like getting stuff ready and working with pastor Jim just down the hall. He's like, like I'll leave the decision up to you, but like a year is still a long time. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, who knows what the Lord will do. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. So he's like, this is going to be very good logistically for you for logistic reasons, but also, like, don't try and control, like, oh, well, like, don't be afraid to do something now because of, of 10 years from now. Like, yeah. so think long, oops, think long-term still. Don't don't reverse it now. Don't get short-sighted without thinking of the future. Mm-hmm. But still, you don't you don't control what, what a year from now holds. You don't control what five years from now holds. Like, the Lord has assigned you this task for the next year. So focus on that right now. Mm. Uh, so I find this passage always very helpful Did because you we don't control last it. Last year? What? Yeah, I'm trying to think back. Yeah, I know. I was actually <laughs> thinking about that today. If we, I think, I think they did that two years ago, didn't they? Bullpen. No, bullpen was last year. No, no it was before bull, COVID. Bullpen's been for two years. COVID has basically <laughs> we've eliminated yeah. one year in our memory because of COVID, yeah, but bullpen, it was actually two years ago. Bullpen came a couple months before Isaac arrived. Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I, yeah. I I forgot that Isaac's been here for two years. Yeah. 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 Exactly like you said. COVID but COVID, the last COVID year has been like yeah. a week. Like, like we're still like, in that last like, March like, week of like we're still in that picture in the connections room. Like what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, he's getting at like a lot of. I see this a lot in our lives and in a lot of our conversations and a lot of people in the ministry that we make. Be careful about the plans we make. We often see a lot of people talking about plans that they're going to do, mm. like trips or mm. things they want to do that is enjoyable or really exciting. Mm. 
but often sometimes we leave about leave out the plans that are, will really grow us in our mm. walk with God. Mm. Like how often, like let's just honestly think back. How often do you hear like people in our lives talking about over the next three months? I really just want to just work on my fasting, mm. Mm. or just work on my prayer, mm. uh, just my 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 talking with God, mm. just behind the scenes. Mm. You do hear some of it, but it's it's usually like. Like we were just joking about going to Florida mm. or going on this trip or mm. going to this conference. Mm. It's always an enjoyable thing. Um, I think James is getting at that too. Like I think that's a, a thing that has probably gone through history. People are always talking about like the, the comfort things that they want to do and we don't know what tomorrow holds. Mm-hmm. And mm. if we don't take care of the things that are most important today, mm. we might be in trouble tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I think we, we need to really give good thought to the things that are most important to our lives. Mm. With that, verse 15, with what qualifications can one make plans for the future? How can we plan well for the future? By knowing that it's in God's hands over ours. So he says, instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And this isn't like a legalistic, like, Hope you didn't say if the Lord wills before you said you're going to get groceries. Like, yeah. Like, hey, Michelle, I'm running out to Walmart. Do you need anything? Like, oh, Daniel, you planned for the future badly. You should have said if the Lord wills first. But it's this, it's the heart posture of knowing that, like, I'm going to try to go to Walmart and get groceries. But I was just sharing with you guys, like, I said last night I was going to Shoppers Drug Mart to get diapers. <laughs> they didn't have any. So I had to go to Walmart. <laughs> so I technically lied on the way out the door. <laughs> Because I said, I'm getting diapers at Shopper's Drug Mart. That didn't happen because they didn't have any. So, uh, again, very small, silly example. But there's just this heart posture of like, should the Lord tarry? This is what we'll do. Yeah. Well, he gives this example and this warning we see in verse 16 of what is one guilty of when they, plan- when they make these plans without considering the Lord's will. What's happening there? You're, you're arrogant. You're an arrogant... Um... Like you're boasting in arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. I think there's a <laughs> he says arrogant schemes, right? <laughs> He's given <laughs> right. Um, this he doesn't outright say, pray, um, and pray without ceasing. But this verse 15, instead, you should say, "If the Lord wills, we will live and and do this or that." Um, to me, that screams of being a prayerful individual. Yeah, because when we're praying. Um, we're seeking the Lord's will, yeah. seeking his guidance, mm. checking in for what he wants to do, the work that he he wants to do. Mm. Um, and the opposite of that, the opposite of, you know, lack lack of prayer is pridefulness. It is, it is arrogance um, because, again, mm. you're putting yourself back into the seat of God. You're the one in control, and you can do this, this or that. Um, yeah. So just not the right pros- posture. James was known as camel knees because his knees were so like inflated or just messed up because he was known to be a man of prayer, always on his knees for the people. Have you seen what a camel knee looks like? Yeah. You should Google it. Google it's, a picture. If you're listening right now, Google a picture of a camel knee. <laughs> Get that image in your head. And then think, these are James' knees. Yeah, James' knees. Exactly. From now on, we're going to go camel, James' knees. Yeah. If your knees don't look like that, not praying enough. <laughs> you are not in the will of God. 
My knees do not look like that, guys. They didn't I, have, have, I have pretty they didn't, knees. They didn't have carpet in the ancient world. All they had was like Rocks. rock floors. So if we kneel on our couch, we're good then. We're okay. okay perfect. We're not going to get the camel knee. Does that give... <laughs> Boys, can't come to work today. Well, I got the camel knee. <laughs> oh, that's good. You must be in the will of God. Oh, we're, we're in trouble. Yeah. So what have we learned from this passage today? Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. James says, cleanse your hands, sinners. Purify your hearts. Don't be double-minded. Mourn and weep for your sins. Humble yourself before God. And what does God do? He will lift you up. Mm. He counsels us not to speak evil of one another or judge one another. Otherwise, you speak the evil of the law and, and judge the law. Otherwise, you are a doer of the law, but not a doer of the law, but you are a judge when there's really only one lawgiver who's able to save and to destroy. So we need to think we need to think about what we're thinking about, what we're saying, and and how we're treating each other. Be submissive to God's will. Mm. We should be careful in making plans for the future. We do not know what will come tomorrow. Life is but a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Therefore, we should acknowledge if it the Lord's will, if it, if this is the Lord's will in our plans, but not make it legalistic, mm. but actually with our heart posture, as you have said, Dan. Draw close to God, seek his will, and then be doers of the word. Good stuff, eh? A lot in that one. (laughs) There was a lot in that one. Living in the 66, it's not easy. It takes really careful exegeting, talking about this, and really how do we we apply this to our lives? Mm. And James has given us some good imperatives, and we learned that imperative means commands or life, uh, life rules that we can live by so that we'll know and understand God even more. Mm. All kinds of great stuff today in our episode. So why don't we just close it down right now? Matt, why don't you pray for us? Can I say Matt Camel Knees, Matt? Why don't you pray for Camel us? Camel Knees, Matt. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. Oh, Father, you are so good, and, and we love you so much. And I pray for my own heart. I pray for... Um, my brother's hearts here and all of our listeners that you would help us to to grow in love for you, um, to grow in faith in you, um, to really, really learn how to, to submit to you, to your word, um, to your will in, in any and every situation, God. And, uh, and we trust that you, you cause the enemy to flee when we do that um, because of the truth of your word and the power in your word. And, uh, and its effect on our mind and our heart and on our souls, God. Um, I pray that we would be unified as brothers and sisters, that we would think twice before speaking evil of, of one another, remembering that that same measure of judgment that we use against other people is, is going to be used against us, God. So may that bring um, humility to our lives. May that bring an attitude of, of mercy and, and grace to our lives that we exhibit to, um, to others. And Father, may we be uh, people who are committed to, to prayer, to praying without ceasing, um, which, which simply means just bringing you into every situation um, and seeking, seeking your will, and uh, that we would not be prideful and boasting and thinking that we are the ones that are in control. Um, how many times do we have to see on a daily basis things happen that are completely out of our control um, before we are driven to knowing that we really need to press in on you and use the language if the Lord wills such and such will happen. So I pray that that would be um, the character of, of, of all of us 
And uh, may that be a great witness and testimony in our spheres of influence to those who are not yet in relationship with you. Mm. Um, may you be so incredibly glorified. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Living in the 66 podcast today. If you want to stay up to date with us, connect with us on Facebook at Calvary Young Adults or on Instagram at CalvaryBC Oshawa YA. Until next time, have a great week living in the 66.